0: From the horse capital of the world, the great city of Lexington, Kentucky, welcome to Red Barn Radio, celebrating the music and artists of this Kentucky region. Tonight on Red Barn Radio, it's Blakely Burger and Friends.
1: Some good advice. Said, son, you ought to quit this old rambling all around and marry you a sweet loving wife. There's more pretty girls than one.
2: There's more pretty girls than
1: one. Any old town that I've rambled all around. It's town that I ran.
0: Thanks to W.E.K.U., Red Barn Radio's official radio partner. NPR for Central and Eastern Kentucky. Listen online at WEKU.org. Red Barn Radio is supported by Visit Lex, Lexington, Kentucky's convention and visitors bureau. More information on what Lexington has to offer is at VisitLex.com. LexArts, Lexington, Kentucky's arts council, creating a great American city inspired by the arts. Chef Greg Scott and Broussard's Delta Kitchen, featuring authentic flavors of New Orleans and the Mississippi Delta with live music every weekend. On Main Street in historic Georgetown, Kentucky. Broussard's is on Facebook. And AccuPrint, providing printing, design, and fulfillment. Online at AccuPrint.us.
3: Red Barn Radio. I'm Brad Becker. This is Red Barn Radio's 18th broadcast season. And tonight is Red Barn Radio's 686th live concert performance. Tonight Red Barn Radio presents Blake Lieberger. Blakely has studied fiddle and violin for 15 years, as well as guitar and mandolin. Performing nationally and internationally on radio and television, she now brings her talent to the Red Barn stage. Welcome, folks, Blakely Berger to Red Barn.
2: She said i
0: Here's Redburn Radio's host Brad Becker speaking with Blakely Burger.
3: Blakely, you were in Lexington for a long time during your high school years, during your formative musical years.
2: I was really lucky to grow up in a family that appreciated music. There are a few here actually have mm. always been very supportive. Um, I also went to a performing arts school, which was another blessing in itself. So, I had a lot of amazing mentors and teachers on my side. I had couple of great fiddle teachers, Amy and Daniel Carwile, who um, are just a gift to Lexington. So they have classical training and then they're also award-winning fiddle players. Two different genres was just amazing growing up to be exposed to that so young and have a great community around me. So. And we did mostly classical music, but it was also a wide variety. I remember like doing improvisation and orchestra when I was just in fifth grade. So, I mean, it wasn't completely just classical, but um, yeah, it was mostly classical. And then the Central Kentucky Youth Orchestra was another formative part of the classical experience. Yeah. And I think a lot of people think that if you're a fiddle player and you also play classical music, like you're hurting your technique or something like that, you know. But actually, I think they're very complementary of each other.
3: So how would you sort of, you know, describe the significant difference technique-wise when you're playing classical and when you're playing fiddle, like, for instance, with the bow grip?
2: I'd say the bow grip is mostly the same. Sometimes I loosen the hair on the bow a little bit when I'm playing fiddle music to dig into the string more. The fiddle's got strings. violin got strings, right? right?
4: Yeah, right. How <laughs> to
2: pull that one up on you guys.
4: <laughs> okay.
2: um, I'm glad
3: you pulled that one out. Some of
2: the bowing patterns are different. And, I mean, to say fiddle music is very broad, too, so there are a lot of styles of fiddle music. Um, Amy and Daniel did a lot of Texas-style fiddle playing, which has swing influence, so I learned that pretty young. And then I've also recently begun learning old-time fiddle music and bluegrass because that's native to Kentucky, so I felt like I should honor my heritage. Um, My family has 14 generations of Kentucky in our family, so to be a musician or violinist or fiddle player, whatever you want to call it, and live in Kentucky, gotta learn the, the music.
3: we you ended up choosing after high school to go to University of Louisville. How'd that happen?
2: It just kind of worked out that way. I really liked one of the violin professors there who I'm currently studying with, Brittany McWilliams. She's amazing, and she's very open-minded. She's She's not a fiddle player, but she's very open-minded to the fact that I am a fiddle player, and she tries to work with me on it, so I feel appreciative of that. The music scene in Louisville has just taken me in, and I feel like some of my closest relationships are because of music, so...
3: When you decided to go to school for music, was that sort of with the understanding that you were going to be, maybe for the first time ever, studying it, the full-time student of music, and how did that work with you?
2: I've pretty much always known I wanted to study music. I don't know, I've never doubted it that much, um, just because, like I said, it's not just the music I love, but the relationships that have grown out of it, and Mm. I just connect with people through music. I've always found it appealing, especially in the fiddle community, because in old time and bluegrass, the whole point is to connect with people. I think I've always known I wanted to study music full throttle, pursuing a minor in Spanish. So that's another passion of mine. So that's been a lot of fun as well.
3: Did you go to Cowan Creek when you were itty-bitty?
2: I actually just went uh, last week, not last last week, last year for the first time. Oh, you did? As <laughs> yeah. A, as
3: a teacher or as a student?
2: As a an assistant teacher nice. for Erin Marshall. She's an amazing old time fiddle player. That's in Whitesburg. Paul actually goes to Cowan Creek. We have a whole Louisville community that goes to Cowan Creek Paul, every step year. up.
5: Yeah, it's out there in uh, eastern Kentucky, near Whitesburg. Paul Martin. They have a lot of great teachers, a lot of teachers who've really grown up in the music scene in kentucky so like john harrod is one Mm -hmm. who knows so much about kentucky fiddling was around early on when they were able to record some of the fiddle players that were still living so he has all kinds of knowledge and information about all these kentucky fiddlers that are really important but people don't know about he teaches a fiddle class there i've taken a couple banjo classes with john haywood He's a great banjo player and knows all these Eastern Kentucky banjo styles. I've tried to figure them out. It's just really amazing to see that. I've incorporated a little bit of it into my playing. Actually, this past year was my third year, and I took a fiddle class. I think that might be how I met you, Blakely. I was taking the class that she was T.A. in with trying to play fiddle.
3: Was it the first time you ever really picked up a fiddle and took a workshop?
5: I I started playing like a month before so that I wasn't a complete, (laughs) maybe, but.
3: Well, that always struck me as as a neat thing about Cowan Creek. I always thought that was a special thing about Cowan Creek is that you can go there and maybe you've never square danced before. Maybe you've never picked up a banjo before and you can go there and there's no shame in it there. These are some amazing, skilled teachers who are happy to sit down with somebody picking up an instrument for the first time and turn them on to it.
1: other. Uncertain what it is to do.
2: Uh, Garfield's Blackberry Blossom. This tune can be traced back to the Civil War. There was a, I think it was Colonel Garfield spit on a blackberry bush, and so they called it Garfield's Blackberry Blossom because it stained the bush. So. About earlier, there was a really high demand for old-time music in Louisville. People are like, "Oh man, we want to learn old-time music." There aren't that many old-time fiddle players here. So, as I've been teaching an old-time music class, I've just learned so much myself. Mm. I've been digging into a lot of old archive recordings on the Berea Archives, um, Moorhead Traditional yeah, Music yeah, right. Program. So that's been really cool because there are just so many great fiddle players from Kentucky. To be able to pass those tunes on to other generations is it's necessary I think I'm going around this world baby
4: mine
2: I'm going around this world baby mine I'm going around this world I'm a banjo picking girl well, I'm going around this world baby mine I'm going to Tennessee baby mine I'm going to Tennessee baby mine I'm going to Tennessee, baby
4: mine.
2: I'm going around this world, baby mine. I'm going around this world, baby mine. I'm going around this world. I'm a banjo picking girl. I'm going around this world. This
4: world,
2: baby, mine I'm going to Carolina, baby, mine I'm going
0: to Carolina Coming up, more Red Barn Radio with Blakely Berger Recorded live from the Arts Place Performance Hall in Lexington, Kentucky We're back with more from Blakely Burger after this break. This is Red Barn Radio.
2: I'm going across the ocean, baby, mine. I'm going across the ocean, baby, mine. Change my motions, I'm going across the ocean, baby mine. I'm going around this world, baby mine. I'm going around this world, baby baby, mine. I'm going around this world, I'm a banjo picking girl.
0: Welcome back. Tonight, we're with Blakely Berger and Friends, recorded live from the Arts Place Performance Hall in Lexington, Kentucky. This is Red Barn Radio.
4: end of life Would your arms be up to dear What's real to find me
2: Would you love me if I want not back tonight springtime. I recall roses twining round your door. Fancy than I hold on I seem to hear you say. Would you love me as you did in days of yore? If I should wander back now, would you be
4: baby?
2: Would your eyes be filled with love sometime high? Would your arms be up to dear? Would you feel to find me
4: here? Would you love me if I wanted
2: tune for you guys. Classic bluegrass fiddle tune. We play a lot of those. Got any Kenny Baker fans in the audience? It's
3: Tell me that you're a disciple of Jeff Guernsey, and I don't know if I know who Jeff Guernsey is.
6: You don't know who Jeff Guernsey is? No. He is a hero of mine, and to many others, musicians around the region. Simon Muir. He is just a phenomenal musician, multi-instrumentalist. He is from Henryville, Indiana. He resides in Jeffersonville, Indiana. He toured with Vince Gill for years and toured with uh, Steve Warner for years. He's been known to play with all sorts of people. So I studied under him for several years, and he's become a a really good friend of mine and a a great mentor. we So
3: are you from up in that area?
6: I'm from Louisville.
3: And how did you happen to find the opportunity to work with Jeff?
6: I was going to bluegrass jams, one in particular at the BBC in Louisville, and they had um, a little newsletter from the Bluegrass Anonymous. He had an ad teaching lessons, and, and I actually called him up to play fiddle. Decided not to play fiddle and played guitar instead. <laughs> you can bet I will go and look him up. Oh, he's amazing. He plays with a lot of people when he gets out. He's passionate about teaching. He does that a lot. When
3: did you start playing guitar?
6: I found a guitar in the trash when I was about 11 years old.
3: In the trash?
6: In the trash, yeah. I was walking. Like a dumpster? Uh, No, it was like in the alley. They have these junk pickups, you know, and people throw out their couches and stuff. Just walking through the alley and there was this old guitar, didn't have any strings on it.
3: Was it like a 1930s Martin?
6: Uh, yeah, yeah, you know? it was, um, yeah, it was a herringbone. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Paid for my college, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, what was it? Did, you know, do you I, even know? I don't know? even remember it. it. had a metal saddle or tailpiece on it and it had a floating uh-huh. bridge, and it was just a real... It's like a Toys R Us. You wouldn't pay any money for this thing, but... But it got you started. to the music started. store and got strings and thrashed around on it that night.
3: At what point in your life did you develop an
6: interest in playing traditional music, Simon? My parents didn't listen to a whole lot of music around the house. Really? Uh, yeah. But once in a while, we would go on these Sunday drives, and I remember catching a time or two, there would be some sort of bluegrass on the radio, and mm. my ear would catch it. But it wasn't years later until I sort of discovered it, and I was in basically into my late teens at that point. And I had been playing on guitar, just playing like little pop riffs and stuff. And once I discovered what you can do with bluegrass and And that genre, yeah, it's pretty much taken over from there. ¶¶
3: seems like younger kids come into the fold by the experience of being part of the community and then the magic of the music sort of is communicated through the community at least they are just so enamored with the magic of a community that's so accepting and eager to you know draw you in and have you participate in any way you want to participate.
6: Yeah absolutely. I have a nine-year-old daughter and she's been playing mm. fiddle and and also taking some uh, some classical lessons. Blakely comes over to the house frequently. They're about the same height. She absolutely adores Blakely and I think having Blakely around as a role model and playing it really uh, inspires her to play more.
3: Yeah. Well, you have a tall uh, nine-year-old.
6: I do. Yeah, <laughs> she is. She is tall. <laughs>
3: teaching at the Louisville Folk School?
2: Yeah, so it's it's been around uh, Louisville the past five years or so. It's run by Dave Howard. He was in a band called 23 String Band. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, they've been here. So he's a great community leader, just with the purest intentions of connecting people through music. And so the the objective of the folk school is, you know, to bring folk music to Louisville. And then our biggest constituency is um, adults. So we teach group oh. classes for adults. And we have fiddle, mandolin, banjo, guitar. And then we also have repertoire classes where, you know, you can learn Bill Monroe songs. Or I think even right now we have like a seventy pop classic we venture outside the folk realm sometimes but yeah it's a really cool way for someone maybe who used to play an instrument and want to pick it back up to you know get in that group setting which is really low pressure um and yeah just play music together so
3: so you bring some of that again that old time sort of spirit into your classes and how many classes do you teach
2: it depends on the session so we do four sessions a year right now I'm teaching four classes and then I have a few private students it's really fulfilling I love teaching and like drawing people to music there's like not a feeling better than that so just to like inspire people to get into the what I'm passionate about is amazing so I like a lot of different genres, too, so I don't want to just pin myself to one genre, but... Oh,
3: I'm yeah, not trying I mean, to pin you down on anything. I love just
2: old-time music. Um, <laughs> I love bluegrass music. I love jazz music. And it's that's different. nice
3: about your training. You know, having developed all the training you have, including the classical, you can do it all. And you love it all, and um, we love you. It's really great to have you back on Red Barn.
7: Always
3: We'd like to thank Blakely Berger for being with us this evening. We also thank our volunteers for their help with our production each week. We have a very special thanks to Nick Lazaroff for his production photography. Thanks to all of you out there listening to our webcast and watching us on Facebook and YouTube Live. And those listening to us on the Red Barn network of stations. Thanks to W.E.K.U., Red Barn Radio's official radio partner, NPR for Central and Eastern Kentucky. Listen online at weku.org. We also thank the members of our studio audience for supporting the mission of Red Barn Radio, which strives to present, promote, and preserve the rich musical tradition of this region and share it with the world. We are coming to you live from our home here in downtown Lexington, Kentucky. Our website has updates and further information on our guests and our program. We're on the web at redbarnradio.com. But let's get back to Blakely Burger.
1: Bye. town. Been all
4: around this
0: world. Red Barn Radio would like to thank lately all and Simon for being with us tonight. Thanks to WEKU, Red Barn Radio's official radio partner, NPR for Central and Eastern Kentucky. Listen online at weku.org. Thanks also to Chef Greg Scott in Broussard's Delta Kitchen, featuring authentic flavors of New Orleans and the Mississippi Delta, on Main Street in historic Georgetown, Kentucky. Broussard's is on Facebook. Accuprint, providing printing, design, and fulfillment online at accuprint.us. Support for Red Barn Radio also comes from LexArts, Lexington, Kentucky's Arts Council, creating a great American city inspired by the arts. And visit Lex. Lexington, Kentucky's Convention and Visitors Bureau. More information on what Lexington has to offer is at visitlex.com. Red Barn Radio's executive producer is Ed Commons, who also directs our show. The music for this episode was mixed by Adam Schettinger. The Red Barn Radio playout theme, Wookie Foot, was taken from a live performance of The Wooks here on Red Barn Radio. WookoutAmerica.com. You can attend a Red Barn Radio concert in person. Performance times and dates are at redbarnradio.com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be here on this station next week at this same time as we celebrate the music and artists of this Kentucky region. I'm the voice of Red Barn Radio, Tom Brown. Red Barn Radio is a production of Red Barn Radio, LLC. (laughs)